Welcome to Everything Belongs, a podcast exploring the subtleties of living, creating, leading, and thriving while in the deep end of life. I'm your host, Madison Morgan, and here with me and my weekly guests, you can expect curious and brave conversations all centering around what it means to live into the process of awakening to our worth, wholeness, and power. We will talk about personal, collective, and spiritual freedom, riff on sovereign leadership, living in levity, and bridge the mystical with the down-to-earth and practical. There is not much we shy away from here because at this table, everything belongs. Today I'm in conversation with Ariel Astoria. Ariel is a spoken word artist, poet, author, speaker, model, and host who has shared her work through spoken word, themed keynote talks with companies such as Google, Lululemon, TEDx, Dressember, and the Skims campaign by Kim Kardashian, and so many more. Arielle is the co-author of two self-published collections of poetry, Vagabonds and Zealots, and Right Bloody Still Pretty, which can both be found on Amazon. If you are not already following her on Instagram, please do that. Her name is Arielle Astoria, and you can also find her spoken word poetry on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Music, which I highly recommend. Ariel is known for posting and sharing snippets of her poetry on social media. And I want to read you something that she actually posted just today, the day that we recorded this interview. And if it gives you any preview for what this conversation is like, she says, I'm both afraid of shallow living and the deep end fear of not reaching the fullness of life myself, and yet anxious about the unimaginable unknown of doing just that. Today, Ariel and I talk about creativity, risking life relationships and our smallness to be in our personal freedom and to know God. And we explore what a deepening and unfolding of faith and Christianity has looked like for Ariel. I'm really excited for you to hear This episode, it is full of grace and wonder and the pure joy of looking at life with fresh eyes. Oh my goodness. I am just, I'm jazzed. I'm excited. Last time we did a Zoom call, this was a couple years ago, and both of us Mm -hmm. were newly online, working (laughs) multiple jobs, uh, navigating much of our creative ideas and seeing what worked. <laughs> so I, I know people already know who you are because I've introduced your work, but for context, you are newly married. Yes. You got married in the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are a model, a poet, an author, a speaker, an event host, and you are continuing to create profound and beautiful work during times of uprising, mm-hmm. during rapid change, during this pandemic. And it seems like You've been creating in spaces of uncertainty for mm. quite some time. And I'm curious, well, one, how are, well, I'm sorry, how are you taking care of yourself mm. right now with all yeah. of that going on? Yeah. Um, it looks very different depending on the day, depending on the week. Um, this week, I'm actually visiting family because my sister just had a baby. It's like first first niece, first grandchild in our family, which is really beautiful. And so I drove um, from Southern California to Northern, which is about like a little bit over five hours. And I'm like pretty good if I'm overwhelmed or overstimulated. I won't drive with like me 
music on in the car if I'm going from place to place or things like that. And so I started driving and uh, it was about like two hours in where I was like, oh, I haven't played any music. Like I haven't played a podcast or anything. Like I was just driving and I ended up doing the whole five hour drive with like no music, no podcast, no nothing playing on the radio. And I, that's how I took care of myself in that moment. You know, I'm really listening to the fact that like, oh, I feel overstimulated. Um, I feel overwhelmed and I'm going, you know, into a house with all my siblings and a newborn child. So like, I probably need to like spiritually prepare prepare myself, you know, uh, with, with silence right now. And so, um, so that's how I took care of myself, you know, the other day. And, um, yesterday I took care of myself by, uh, not showering, you know, like little things like that. I'm um, <laughs> just like really staying in tune with myself and, and knowing what I need in each moment as it should gifts and changes. And so um, it's really, I think it comes down to just like listening to where I'm at. Um, and I've been like pretty overwhelmed in like the past couple weeks and my anxiety has been really high. So trying to manage all of those things as life is picking back up again, professionally, you know, and personally. Um, and so, yeah, coming down to just a lot of staying in tune with myself and a lot of listening to like, okay, what do we need today? Or what do we need right now? And in, in doing that thing now. Yeah, uh, I love it. Just listening to yourself. Like, hey, what do you need? Well, I'm super, I'm curious if that's always been the case for you. Have you always been someone who has tended to your knees as things have arisen? Or has it been something that you've learned mm. over time? Yeah, definitely learned over time. I am very much so a go, 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 a do, do, do kind of person. <laughs> and um, I will exhaust myself to, to no end. And so I think reaching into this time, you know, where things were getting shut down and paused, I really needed that. I think a lot of us really needed that as this like very, uh, um, very urgent um calling to just like sit down um mm -hmm. and just to be still and um I needed that you know like I very I very much so come into this came into this year and into the space of like okay we're pivoting professionally we're growing you know which means mm -hmm. uh, do more you know and and um and in some cases be more in here's this really sudden halt, you know, at the peak of, of traveling and booking conferences. And it was just this, like I said, this urgent um, urgency to just stillness. Um, and I hated it at first. <laughs> um, and then I marveled in it. And now as I'm, things are picking back up, I'm like, oh, I kind of miss that. Um, but I also don't, I don't have to miss that. I, I could very easily uh, introduce that um, into different spaces and into different seasons where um, I, I can do that in my everyday. Um, and I can, I, I can do that in um, every moment. And so I definitely am relearning some things. I'm just now learning some things. And um, it, it definitely is coming from a lot of moments of having reached burnout or really close to burnout. And it, and it runs in my family. You know, I have, I come from a long line of uh, women who hustle and women who go. And um, a lot, and a lot of that has taught me, um, 
I could be very close to that myself if I'm not careful. And so I've definitely mm. tried to find more moments to like, hey, you can step back here or you can pause here or you don't have to say yes to another thing. And so I'm definitely in a space where I'm like, okay, we've said a yes to a lot of things, you know, over the past couple of weeks. And now, of course, they're mm. all falling into place. And so I'm like, all right. And so I'll go into another season where I will say no to a lot of things just because I need to, you know, in order to balance where I'm coming out of. So this has definitely been a long time coming of lessons learned. And I still am not great at it. But uh, but being, you know, having grace with myself in, in every moment. And, and so now it's definitely a moment where I'm like, yeah, you're a little overwhelmed. We should probably scale back, you know? Yeah. Would you say that's the biggest thing you learned through? I mean, what, what I'm hearing you say is it, it, everything came to a pause in the middle of a, a big expansion. And so mm-hmm. it's like a big expansion, big contraction, more expansion mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like you've learned the most through this experience? Like, I mean, your career is literally taking off and then came to a screeching halt with the pandemic and like you said, picking back up. So between the, the pause and then the the kickstart, what do you feel like has been the biggest learning for you? Mm. So, so many, so many different learning lessons. I think the first wave of it was, you know, I really stressed about how do I be an artist? How do I be a person who's predominantly on stage in this space where there is no stage, you know, and um, I did a podcast a few months ago, and one of the questions she asked us was, um, I am insert something, even when insert something else, especially then, and so my phrase was, I'm an artist, even when there's no stage to stand on, especially then, and so I came into this pandemic season knowing I can still have purpose here. I can still have identity here. I can still take up space at the table. Absolutely, because I've been created and made to. But at the same time, um, it, it doesn't. The stage looks different. You know, the platform looks different. And also, I also have permission to not engage. You know, I also have permission to step back. I also have permission to. Um, to not participate, you know, if it if it is compromising um, my soul at this point, if it's compromising my well-being at this point, if it's compromising my mindset at this point. And so um, I definitely learned the lesson of like, yes, I can show up here, um, even though it looks a little different. Secondly, I don't have to show up here <laughs> if I don't mm-hmm. have the capacity to do so. Um, and then, um, again, just being very delicate with my yeses lately um, and being very intentional, you know, with with my no's and the things I'm saying yes to on purpose. And so um, those have been kind of, you know, the lessons and and then just learning a lot about like my house plants and things like that and um, and learning a lot from just the, the nature near a park by my house and just learning a lot um, to the surroundings from the surroundings um, that I have. And, and what can your houseplant teach you, you know, in the middle of pandemic? It can teach you that it's not fighting about staying home and being in the light and being watered and still growing. You know, it's not trying to go back to things um, at all. And so finding that um, that balance and that appreciation of, of plants and of nature and this 
this ushering again, this ushering into stillness that they elicit um, and really falling into, into the same tune and heartbeat of that has been um, really healing. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. I think most millennials have been looking to plants. Like we are in this season of like, we need Mm, mm -hmm. to reconnect to mother Uh earth. (laughs) She has something to teach us. We're getting it now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've followed you for years and I am, I saw just this past year, such rapid growth in your work and the things mm-hmm. you were booking. I'm curious how that experience has been for you. I mean, you've been working for what, seven years now yeah. as an artist yeah. and yeah. This rapid, sudden takeoff, also falling in love, getting married all, all at the same time. How has that been for you? Mm. A whirlwind. <laughs> like, I think in a nutshell, a whirlwind. Um, I think at the beginning of or last year, I had like probably one of the biggest professional pivots um, I've had in a, in a while. And it actually started through doing a campaign um, for skims with Kim Kardashian. And I didn't expect, I didn't expect that to pivot things. I just kind of went into it thinking like, this is really cool. It doesn't feel real. You know, I don't know why I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why this opportunity is for me. And then I just kind of forgot about it after a while. Um, and then it happened and it was just a lot of attention, you know, and a lot of awareness of who I was. And I, I still very view myself as a very small fish, you know, in a big pond. And so when those moments are reversed, you know, when I feel like a big pond in a, in a, in a, a big fish in a, in a small pond, I'm overwhelmed um, because I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 I didn't expect um, this type of attention. I didn't expect this many people um, to be aware or to know my name. That's a very interesting um, thing I think I always navigate through of like, wow, these people who I have no affiliation to, I've never seen them physically have never been in the same room with them as yet they know my name um that is a very uh interesting thing to grapple with sometimes and so having that moment and then pivoting and shifting from there and it really was from there that it just um I grew a lot and opportunities grew a lot which was a, a huge blessing but then also I was like oh wow I still with my small fish mindset did not expect to be here, you know, um, and um, having to navigate through that, but then also at the same time, not diminishing the opportunity and knowing that I was meant to be there, um, not knowing, uh, not diminishing the opportunity and assuming that this wasn't for me um, is something I really had to come to terms with. And so as it's continued to grow, because I'm now in a, in a second wave um, of, of, like growing and expanding I'm like okay I'm a little bit more aware of the fact that I am maybe not to the smallest fish (laughs) I have to be aware of my size you know I have to be aware of of my capacity to take up space and how much space that is that I take up so I'm a little bit more aware that I'm not necessarily a small fish even though I still feel like that 90% of the time um and also okay I'm taking up more space because obviously I'm growing um and molding in a direction where I need to uh be able to do that and so 
that has been a lot of lessons learned. I've had a lot of conversations with um, my husband about like, what the heck? Like, why is this for me? You know, like, why am I here? Why am I in this room? Why am I in this conversation? And he consistently, you know, reminds me because you're qualified for it, because you're made for it, you know, because you're you're smart or you're brilliant or you're a wonderful creator and writer and so he continues to remind me of of um of who I am and and why it is that I'm able to step into these places and then that goes into just like you know getting married in this time and that feeling like yeah this feels like they're the right next thing to do um, because we had initially wanted to be married um, this month uh, or last month and so we just moved forward with that plan regardless of what the surrounding world around us looked like um, Mm -hmm. because that was the most important to us in that moment and so um, definitely aligning myself with the question of what is the most important thing to you right now? You know, um, as I make decisions, as I as I move forward professionally and personally, what what matters right now? What is important right now? And um, and living a, according to that, making decisions according to that. And so it was very, and I really wanted to be, you know, in that next phase of our relationship together. In this point in time, I'm very thankful um to have a partner to go home to to have a partner to feel safe to safe with while the world around us looks as it does um and and so that has created its own learning experiences and a lot of hard mm-hmm. conversations a lot of hard transitions a lot of severing of ties that have been really painful um but also really beautiful at the same time and again coming back to this is what's important to me um this mm-hmm. is what i'm willing to fight for and push for right now and doing that um with that same mindset in my professional realm of this is what i'm worth you know this is what is important to me these are the conversations i want to be a part of and again you know pushing and fighting towards those things mm-hmm. Ariel, you said two things i really want to hit on the first of which is like centering your life around what is most important to you And it sounds like there's like an anchoring and a vision and a centering into your values and what you really believe that Mm. amongst all of the growth, I mean, you mentioned Kim Kardashian as a partner, also Mm. Krista Tippett as a partner, you know, also Morgan Harper Nichols Mm. as a partner. Like you are, you Mm. are with some of the most profound because you belong there, the most profound Mm. creatives, artists, influences, influences are our time and I can imagine how that, if you're not prepared, could be quite destabilizing. <laughs> you're not yes. inside of yourself remembering who you are. But yes. hearing you speak about it, I mean, what I'm hearing is you're surrounded by people who love you and who support you and who see you, who remind you. And then mm-hmm. it sounds like inside yourself, you have a very mm-hmm. devotional, actually, as I was thinking about interviewing you today, the word devotional came up in my mind numerous times, a devotional way with creativity with God with yourself and it seems your relationships and I'm curious you kept saying the thing I most want the thing that is most important to me right now and I guess I'm curious what that is Mm. yeah I think ultimately it comes down to um, I've experienced in the same way that I've experienced a lot of severing and um and hurt and painful things i've also experienced probably the most amount of freedom in different things that i didn't expect 
at the same time. And so where, where I'm, where I believe I'm going and what I believe I'm working towards is this, is experiencing more freedom. Um, the freedom to say yes, the freedom to say no, the freedom to make decisions that other people may not be supportive of or um, condone um, or applause necessarily. Um, and yet making them anyway. Um, and I think, the overall question of like, okay, what is important to you here? Um, it obviously looks very different for each situation. Um, but for a lot of the conversations, what was important to me was, you know, choosing, choosing John, choosing, choosing my husband. What was important to me was choosing opportunities professionally that, that uh, allowed me to grow and expand and not just stay where I'm at or, um, uh, choosing and making decisions based off of where I'm going and not just where I'm where I'm currently at right now and I'm continuing those conversations and this has been the year of saying a no to a lot of people and a lot of things um, and yet it has also been the year of so much yes um, and the so and so much freedom like I said um, at the same time and so you're like oh with this risk um, comes you know so much more. Um, but that that risk in that moment could seem um, could seem like it will uproot in tectonic plate your whole existence, um, and yet you get to the other end of that risk and you look back and you're like, oh, actually. The damage was not out as much as I thought it was in the present moment, or oh, the results were actually way more beneficial, or 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 way more beautiful um, than I than my fear had told me. So, a lot of it um, has has really just been. I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I'm an oldest child. Um, I'm I'm a pastor's kid. There's just so many different elements where how I lived and, and, and the way I lived and the way I orchestrated myself was so much built around, again, the applause, um, the approval, um, the um, recognition of other people. And I got to the point where I realized, okay, so then up until this point, who have I really been living for? Um, what, who have I really been making these decisions for? And realizing that, Yes, some of it was for myself, but a lot of it was for, well, people will think this or people will say this. Um, and that got exhausting and also risky um, because that risk um, to not choose myself or to not trust my own decisions um, would have been way, way worse. I would have resented um, everyone else. I would have resented myself if I would not chosen that yes, um, if I'd not chosen the risk. And so um, with with freedom comes a lot of risk. Um, and <laughs> usually fear will tell you, you know, that the risk is too much to bear, that the risk is not worth it. And yet freedom will, um, will whisper to you um, who says, you know, um, freedom will whisper to you, uh, who told you that, you know, um, freedom will whisper to you, uh, just try, you know, or, or, or make the decision and, and then see what happens, you know, don't let fear to keep you from making the decisions. So just learning a lot of, um, 
of that, that balance of risk and freedom and, and, and how to get one, um, but how to get through the other in order to get one, the other, the, how to get through the other in order to gain the one. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the way you were describing that, um, I mean, risking relationships, risking potential opportunities, even risking per- people's yeah. perception of you to gain your own freedom, to gain your own truth, to gain your own soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of the scripture and I'm going to not remember where, uh, what actual verse it is, but like you have to lose your life to find it. And it feels like risking losing who you thought you were and who other people thought you were in a life that you've constructed accidentally potentially for others right to find the one that's more true yeah absolutely I think oh man I I love that visual because I think we look at that at, at that verse you know you have to lose your life in order to gain it and I think we we often think it's the life that others would like us to live right um that's the life we have to strive for the life we think we're supposed to be living that's the one we have to lose and it and i'm really learning recently i'm like oh no i think we got that verse all wrong (laughs) you know i think it's actually it's actually the life that you know cannot be uh sculpted for you it's a life that that does bring the most um, discomfort and and chiseling and growth and and painful, painful moments. It's that life that we're actually supposed to be pursuing. It's not the life that is comfortable and familiar and, and, and told, you know, this is where you're supposed to stay. This is the life you're supposed to live. It's, it's not that life at all. And so definitely feeling like I'm, I'm coming into this, uh, this, or really coming out of this, this old skin, this old shedding, this old life, um, and being, that is the life you're supposed to lose. Um, yeah, yeah. And isn't that perfect that you're moving into a more creative life, a life that no one could have mapped out for you that doesn't have these perfect rules that, that is creative. Mm. Like you're, you are a creative, you are an artist. (laughs) Yeah. It only makes sense that yeah. your life would be one of your own making of art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. But then at the same time, I think an artist with a an artist with a faith based background um, mm-hmm. that conversation has always been, and uh, it's not a it's not about you. You know, um, it's mm-hmm. not supposed to be centered around you the accolades have nothing to do with you. The conversation should not come back to you. So there's a lot of dissociating in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So then to make the decision of like, can this life be mine? And yet I still believe still glorifying to you and what I, I view God to be. Um, Is that possible, you know, to still Mm -hmm. choose myself and to still choose God at the same time. And why not the process of choosing ourselves 
also be the process of choosing what I would like to call sometimes a God-given life, you know, because I, I think what it is, is God beckoning us, you know, to the edge of the shore and saying, come come on the deep end with me, you know, um, it's unpredictable and it's scary, but like, I'm here, you're here, and there's fullness and freedom here in the fear, um, in the uncertainty. Um, and then guess what? You learn to swim in the deep end. And anytime you're back here in the deep end, you know exactly what to do. And so, um, yeah, a lot of it was that of just like, could I choose myself and it still be, uh, a holy decision, you know, mm-hmm. a worthy decision, and ultimately finding that the answer was yes. Um, it could be, yeah. I know you can't see me right now, but I'm smiling <laughs> so big. And for everyone listening, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice because I get this giddy feeling on podcast interviews sometimes where I could just, like, shoot through the ceiling, like, from, from my heart space. Um, maybe you know the feeling of, like, oh, Like, I Mm -hmm. feel so much yes when you're speaking to Mm. this. And I know we briefly followed each other's journeys online, and my journey has been one of moving into a creative, brave life where I'm I'm more connected to the divine, to God, than I've ever been. And to my former self, Mm -hmm. that person would be terrified of who I am today. Terrified. Oh, my goodness. I still think she... (laughs) I still think, uh, for me, I'm very, um, I'm in the very beginning of this process, so I still very much so have her with me, um, Mm -hmm. and I very much so uh, still receive, uh, who are you, this is not who we're supposed to be, Um, Mm -hmm. we're going the wrong way, I still have those voices I still have her uh, very present there and I think what that is I, I, I learned this a lot of a lot of times when people are reaching um, they're reaching out of fear so um, the mm-hmm. whole um, I'm we're trying to we're trying to grab you know um, I'm just gonna grab at whatever I can grab because I don't want to lose this thing and I feel like this self that I'm like I said shedding or, or stepping out of she's just trying to grab whatever she can grab and usually it's utilizing fear so mm-hmm. if um, if if she's fearful and she's grabbing me like, oh, no, we can't go that way. No, no, we can't be that. Um, no, we can't make that decision. We can't be a part of that event. We can't like that post uh, because of who it's connected to. All of that um, mm-hmm. is fear. And and so she and I are still, um, we are still in cahoots. <laughs> and so, um, but there is a dominance uh, to where I'm at and who I'm becoming that is a little bit stronger and a little bit louder um, than, than the old self. But, um, but she, mm-hmm. she's definitely putting up a, a big a fight right now. Yeah. Uh, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. It's, in a way, it's like those versions of us. I think they stay, and they just become more. We bec- we like befriend them, and we love them, and yes. eventually they trust yes. us. And that we right. allow them to to see. Oh, you're actually not going to get in trouble. You're actually not yeah. going to lose everything if you do this. Yeah. You're actually you're actually safe. You can actually trust yourself. Actually, your body is good. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. building that sense of self trust. Oh my goodness. I'm curious, 
how, I mean, I was going to ask this as we were talking, and I think you've, you've already gotten into it, but I'm curious how your relationship with God has changed since this process of evolving and choosing yourself and choosing, yeah. I would even say, the brave life, the brave path. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's changed um, a lot. <laughs> it's changed uh, a lot in that sense of just how I view God, how I commune with God, um, how I see God, where I see God, um, how I hear God, um, and just all of it has changed. Um, I think I've experienced a very different type of intimacy recently, um, an intimacy that is, it's it's very giddy, if you will, um, it's, it's very much so like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm meeting you for the first time. And I just want to know everything about you. You know, you're just like sitting with, with your fist underneath your chin and you're just like, tell me everything, you know, um, tell me everything, you know, who, who are you? Uh, why do you love the way you love? Why do I love the way I love? And it's just this really um, intimate thing. And every time a conversation ends, you're like, oh, but no, I want more. I'm not done. And so all you're thinking about all night long is the next conversation you're going to have. And that's, that's kind of how how it's been with God lately. I'm just like, I feel like I'm meeting you um, all over again, uh, maybe even for the first time. And I just want to know everything. And there's this drawing in, there's this closeness, there's this intimacy. And then there's also this just immense wonder because you're like, oh my goodness, will I ever fully understand this? You know? Um, and, and, and not using that as a defeated question, but as like, a, oh, I have so much, I have so much life to live. And every, every year, every day, every month is just more opportunity to get to know you um, and get to know what you're doing and how you wired me. And, and so it's been very sweet. I've been like exploring just a lot of different conversations of like, who God is and how God is seen and um, God as a, as a woman and God as a man and God is not a gender at all, but just this being and this entity that doesn't fit um, with any, within any of our boxes. Um, and, and yeah, just exploring, asking questions, which is not something um, I grew up really thinking was okay um, or, or was allowed in, and just like letting there be wonder um, and mystery and awe again, um, or maybe not even again, but for the first time. And it's, uh, again, it's just like, I imagine myself as just this small child who's just listening to to their grandparent talk about life and the world and why it's beautiful and wild and messy um, and why it's loved all at the same time. And so um, it's a very sweet space. It's a very intimate space. And again, it feels like a first date, but like a good kind. (laughs) Yes. What, what do you feel like has, I mean, you are a big advocate of humanness and your work has really always centered humanness and mm-hmm. imperfection, the beauty of the imperfections. And I'm curious as your relationship with the divine and your experience of God is expanding and deepening, how has your relationship with yourself changed? Mm, oh my gosh, probably all in the same way. Um, 
And one thing I think I, I didn't mention before was like, at first that change elicited so much fear. It was like, oh my gosh, fearful of what I was thinking and believing and how I was changing um, in terms of how I view God and how I interacted with God and how I saw God. All that was changing. And the first response was like fear. The same with myself as I was growing and as I was a experiencing things where I'm like, oh, why would you do that? You know, um, we can't be that. Or who are you? You know, asking that question or or having those moments of separation where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I don't know why she did that, you know, as if that wasn't me, you know, at, at, mm-hmm. as if there wasn't a fullness um, to to what was happening. And so at first it was like, I don't know who that is. You know, I don't know who that person is. And then it was like, actually, I think I do. She looks very familiar. And then it coming to that terms of like, oh, this has always been who I was. You know, I just... I didn't know it yet, or I suppressed that part of who I was, um, or I thought that part of me couldn't exist for whatever reason, um, and, and meeting John was a huge part of that phase of, like, that you elicit so much freedom in me, mm-hmm. but I don't know what part of me is being freed, and that's really scary, um, and and navigating from that space. And so again, it was like this wave of fear, this wave of realization of like, oh, actually look from a distance. Maybe that thing does look familiar. And then you get close to it and it's a mirror and you're just staring at yourself and you're like, oh, I have always been this person, but this is just now me expanding into growing into the fullness of who she is. Um, And not to say that who I was wasn't me because it was, Um, but that was me in that point in time. This is me now. And again, I will encounter that mirror, you know, in five to 10 years or however many years I will experience that type of uh, transformational growth. And I will be face to face again with a different version of myself. And isn't it, I mean, what I'm hearing you say is that the more and more you are open to discovering what and who and where and mm-hmm. the way that God is, the more you're discovering all mm-hmm. of those things about yourself. Yeah. And isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're like, I, my counselor asked me, you know, one day as I was like freaking out about, you know, something spiritually that I was like wrestling with. And she was like, yeah, but what did you believe at 12 year old, 12 years old that you don't believe now? And I was like, uh, like, she was like, did it really change that much? And I was like, no, like these things I always felt uncomfortable with, you know, or these things (laughs) never felt right in my spirit. And so she was like, okay, so did anything really change or are you just actually coming to terms with those things? Mm. Or are you actually able to admit those things out loud? And I was like, huh, you know, like Mm -hmm. what a concept, you know? So this initial fear of like, oh my gosh, so much changing. I'm feeling so differently. I'm thinking so differently. It was actually like, not really. You're just actually coming to terms now or speaking out loud that you do experience those things or feel those things or thinks those things. Um, It's not, not much has necessarily changed, you know, Um, it's just more so this coming to terms, you know, again, just like facing yourself in the mirror. Um, And it's, it was really hard, you know, at first, but then it was also to come to that realization. There's so much 
of an exhale there. There's so much of a, of a relief there um, because you're like, it's ultimately this resounding, you are exactly where you're supposed to be, you know, um, yeah. whereas fear before that tells you, you know, this is the wrong way. You're, you're not going the right way or other, you know, or people tell you this is not the right way. You're not going the wrong way. You're not going the right way. And it's ultimately this realization of like, yes, you are exactly where you need to be in your journey, right here in this present moment, two feet on this present moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you've had to really grieve a lot. And I mean, through what I'm going to call like my faith deconstruction, I'm not going to put that language onto your experience. That was certainly mine. Um, I, it felt like for me, it felt like God died and was reborn as well as I died and was reborn. And then my community also died and was reborn and not necessarily always with the same people. I lost a lot of my sense of community and my sense of family at that time. And it sounds like you've gone through a lot of grief in this process in that way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Like I said, I'm, I'm smack in, I'm in the middle of it. Um, I don't consider it a deconstructing necessarily as I consider the, uh, the word unfolding is more so where I'm at. Um, and this, like I said, this constant, um, awareness that you've always been the tulip, um, but your buds were closed, you know, um, you've always been the peony, you know, but your buds were closed and now the sun is here and, and your petals know it. So now it's time to unfold, you know, now it's time to unravel. Now it's time to bloom. And so that's more so the experience I've had, you know, I've always felt a little bit more flowy, um, interactive with, with God in nature and barefoot. And, you know, that's always been a very like, oh you know she's teetering you know like on Mm -hmm. a thin line but that is that has always been me um and really being able to lean into it and just being like oh my goodness I I see God everywhere I see myself connected to everything and um it's I mean I've I've written more now and than I have in in a in a while and the poems I've written now are just ones that feel so stamped on my existence and on this journey right now. And so I think that's definitely how I would, how I would define it as this, this unfolding, if you will. That feels so gentle and kind and hope filled. It mm-hmm. took me a couple of years to get back to being able to even say that I had a relationship with God or pray. And mm-hmm. from asking mm-hmm. probably very similar questions, but I felt like I had to give everything up in order to find yeah. more something more true. And I think what feels really yeah. beautiful about your process is that there's just like a deepening and an expanding. And mm-hmm. I'm curious where you feel and if you feel that in your body like is there like a body sensation of what this unfolding feels like Mm. um there's a lot of goosebumps involved um so like a physical just like uh not even a chill but just like if um like something is blowing on me um Mm -hmm. and it's this very apparent response and so just like the raising of hairs on on my arms um that happens um and 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 then this like covering feeling um this surrounding feeling um because a lot of times my fear you know reminds me that I'm alone um that I'm by myself and so this spiritual response that happens 
in a, in a covering is, is the reminder that I'm not, you know, um, mm-hmm. is the reminder that I'm held, um, and that I'm, I'm not alone. And, um, and there's this closeness and it's so close that I can actually physically feel it and my body can actually physically respond to it. Um, yeah. which is really, which is really sweet and really gentle. And so usually it takes form in that or, um, or I'll like get sometimes like this little like tingle in my hands, um, especially as I'm writing um, mm-hmm. or spilling is often what I say. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be like this little like t- tingle in my hands and I'm like, uh-huh. And I'll usually just like do like a hand motion or like a little like finger um, finger wave or something because and I'm not trying to get it out necessarily, but I'm trying to like that's my response of like, okay, what is it? You know, like what I'm ready to receive, like what is it that you're trying to say? What uh, What is it that the words are trying to say or, or what have you? Um, and so those are usually the physical responses I get. Um, from things yeah wow all of this is making so much sense to me I feel it so deeply (laughs) in my heart I'm like yes I I completely understand what you're saying I I have similar experiences and different things and what's coming to mind Mm -hmm. is as I I was reading your poetry and listening to it on Spotify which if all of you listening or not Mm -hmm. following Ariana on Spotify (laughs) please go do that immediately after listening to this and subscribe to that um but I was listening and I just that devotion, again, that devotional nature. And I'm curious if you would say that your creative process is that of worship or prayer or listening or all of it, because it seems so interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I really do believe all art is, is a form of worship, whether we know that or not. Um, Because, and and I say that because I do think that art and I think art is a gift. Being creatives is a gift. We've been given a gift, um, you know, for me and, and for you, you know, we believe that that gift was, has been given from God um, and, and gifts are meant to be given. Um, so if it's given to us, then that just makes me want to give it to other people. Um, and so it's this full circle um, worship, yes, um, which is just a reverence back to something. And for me, it's this reverence back to, I know these gifts have been given to me. You know, I know these gifts have been placed inside of who I am um, by someone or by something bigger than me. Um, and I want to return them back, you know, if you will. And so, um, like I said, my motto is, is words not for the ears, but for the soul, because um, because of the element of worship to them, whether people are aware of um, God or, um, or or have a spiritual connection, if you which which I think we all do innately, um, that there is this awareness with themselves um, that then turns into man, this feels like so much bigger than me at the same time, or um, this feels so much more than me at the same time, and yet I feel very connected to it. I feel very in tune to it, Um, and so it takes this bigness, and it really just puts it back inside of us, um, which I think we carry anyway, and so um, it definitely is, you know, a form of my worship. Sometimes I don't um, have words, but I do have, you know, poems, or sometimes I just have poems and nothing else, Um, and I'm such, like, I love worship music. I love, like, instrumental stuff, so I just kind of soak in all those things, and that's usually the result of the poems. (laughs) Mm. 
So good. And you know what, that just makes me think a big, a big story I hear while I'm coaching with my clients is who am I to do this? I, I, it's all ego. It's all my, Mm -hmm. whatever, if if you're a Christian, maybe you would say it's all my flesh, you know, it's, it's my pride. And whenever we're, wow, I'm getting so jumbled. I'm talking so fast. I'm really excited about this. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever you're talking about it being like your gift to give, Mm. it just takes off the table the need to involve evaluating why we're so bad all the time and why wanting to share our gift has to be wrong, that it can just, it can be a gift that you were given so that you give. And that feels really simple and really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it takes the critique out of it. You know, it also takes the element of like, yes, a lot of us are choosing to make this careers and professions, um, but this has always been calling first, and calling is just part of your existence, you know? Um, there are careers, and then there are things that you've just been made to do, um, and and so for me, it, I, it alleviates the professional aspect of it, and it brings me back to, like, you were made for this, you know? Like, we were physically created to do this thing. And that just brings so much freedom into the conversation. It also just brings so much release into the conversation because you're like, oh, I got this, you know, and it's not in this overly cocky way. It's just like, this is what I was made for. You know, this moment is what I was created for. And it's not necessarily going to result in quote unquote success, um, but it's going to result in and whatever it needs to result in because it's this moment in time, this thing I've been created for. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's not so much about this isn't about you, more so that <clears throat> it's not so much about this isn't about you, more so that it is about this was made for you um and and you were made for it um and so what why wouldn't you be here right now you know like why wouldn't you be in this right now because all all time all essence has led to to this for you and who you are um and there's such a confidence and humility um, that plays a part in that. Absolutely. I know we could talk about this for another hour and a half. Ever and <laughs> ever. <laughs> and we, we might just have to personally continue these conversations. But yeah. I, I want to transition into some rapid fire. But before I do, I want to know if there's anything, one, that you want to say to complete this conversation that you feel like, it wouldn't be complete mm. without. Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I feel like in terms of ending, just like knowing where a lot of people are right now, um, just in terms of of faith, of lack thereof, I would have this line in a poem, you know, that says, um, this is for the pastor's kids um, who are, are basically who have stopped hearing, you know, God or, or stopped hearing Jesus. And I said, go to all the places um, where you know 
that you've met them before and go back there. And so I think I feel this um, necessity to tell, you know, people as they're probably listening to this and they're like, okay, well, that's cool for them, you know, that they've, they've found God or that they've experienced God. And um, I think my call would be to go to the closest place where you have experienced them. Um, and, and for me, it's a beach, you know, for me, it's being outside um, and going back to that place on purpose, um, just to, to commune with God in that space. And I promise that God is a lot closer to you than you've been set up to know or believe um and and even in that I think I wrote that poem a really long time ago and I've realized even more so now that you breathe and God is there um that you exist and God is there it's less about going somewhere um more than it is just being in tune with the beauty and masterpiece of who you are and knowing that God's workmanship is literally in your existence. Um, and so it's less about go to the place and more so just like breathe. Mm-hmm. There God is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Is there anything you wish people asked you about more often? Oh my gosh. Um, no, I, I like I said, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, and I don't think so. Like, I, I really just genuinely love being asked questions, <laughs> and so I'm just, like, here for, for anything and everything, but I'm like, we cover the bases, relationships, you know, faith, creativity, <laughs> um, you know, all the, all the things. I, I'm a very, I'm pretty, an op- I'm pretty much an open bucket, so no, I think those were, those were perfect questions. Beautiful. I'm going to start on some rapid fire. And so just give your most honest answer in like two sentences or less. Okay. 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 So I think people might already know this, but what was your spiritual background growing up? Um, I grew up predominantly Baptist. Um, My dad is a Baptist pastor and so that's mostly my background, a little Baptist, a little Pentecostal, but mostly ingrained in uh, Baptist. And now I don't necessarily identify as that, mostly because uh, women can't be pastors or speakers within a Baptist <laughs> space. And so for a lot of people, and so, uh, yeah, I definitely don't identify as that much anymore. Um, but that was my background. Beautiful. The next question is, how do you know when you know? Oh man, it, I um, it's literally a gut response. <laughs> um, like it is this, like if I were to be pregnant, it's like my child is like kicking in my womb. That's usually how it feels. Of like, no, I feel, I feel, and know this very strongly, and I'm going to respond as such. And obviously, it's still a um, a gamble of like, oh. Maybe that wasn't how I thought it was going to go, but most times I'm like, yep, that's exactly how I thought it was going to go. So I tend to, to trust that, that deep knowing. Beautiful. What identities have you had to let go of to own the fullness of who you are today? 
Mm. The perfect child. Um, mm. The perfect person, just in general. The example. Um, the leader, in a sense, of it being constricting, of making decisions for myself and for my well-being. Um, yeah, I think those are the big ones. Beautiful. What are you most enjoying learning right now? Oh my gosh, everything. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm, I'm like so much. Yeah, so much learning about our world and why it's structured the way it's structured. Learning about um, history and the conversations of women and gender and race. Um, learning about my goodness. Yeah, literally so much. I've been trying to read a lot more and I have ordered way more books than I have the capacity to pick up right now. (laughs) Um, But yes, learning, learning about really just anything and everything and and how to ultimately um, show up in this world, I think, is why I'm learning what I'm trying to learn. Uh, Just how does that then funnel back to me and how I show up in this world? Beautiful. What does grace mean to you? So I feel like the definition of grace takes a lot of different forms and a lot of different meanings. But uh, one of the phrases I've been really using a lot lately, especially within the pandemic, is just grace upon grace upon grace. And what that has taken form for, what that has taken form of for me now is just this permission. Um, like, oh, I didn't get enough done that I wanted to today. And grace upon grace upon grace, you know, rest be exist um or um feeling like i I messed up or i made a mistake grace upon grace upon grace fix it if you can um but don't let it overwhelm you or stress you out or lose sleep um just this this permission um to do what you can how you can and leave the rest up to some to God, you know, uh, to leave up the rest up to something out of your control, really. And uh, yeah, it's just been this like little whisper of just like grace upon grace upon grace, like take what you need today and leave the rest. Mm. What is your go-to coffee shop order? Oh my goodness. Well, it really truly depends on the coffee shop. My my husband is actually a barista, so if I go to their coffee shop, I get an iced butterscotch latte with oat milk with an ad shot. Oh, it's wow. amazing. <laughs> um, whoa, whoa yes. never even heard of this. It's amazing. Or if I don't want milk because sometimes it feels like a little too heavy, I get their espresso palm tonic, which is like pomegranate syrup um with seltzer water um over ice and it's incredible um if i go to starbucks i get a double shot of blonde over ice with a splash of almond milk um yeah i'm very i'm pretty adventurous but then also some days i'm like ooh, cappuccino sure why not it really does it really just depends but my pretty much my go-to is the butterscotch latte you're pretty adventurous, but you also are really specific. Those are really yes. specific orders. <laughs> yes. I also have um, allergies to a lot of random things. So if they don't have non-dairy milk, then it's usually just like something that doesn't have milk in it um, and things like that. So I'm very intentional about my orders, most definitely. 
I love that. And <laughs> final question is, what do you want? Mm. I want to experience um, a wholeness and a freedom that is rounded and includes all of me, mind, body, spirit, and soul. Mm. (sighs) Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. People are looking for your work, your poems. Where can they find you? Yeah, everything is my name. So Ariel Astoria, that's A-R-I-E-L-L-E-E-S-T-O-R-I-A. That's on Twitter, my website, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon. Um, yeah, pretty much if you just Google it. But I also have everything on my website as well. And you can find everything there. Beautiful. And if you're not following her on Instagram, just do it. Just do it now before you move on to anything else on your phone because it it is like worship. Mm-hmm. And you have you have such a way of just you have that sense of awe and wonder and worship mm-hmm. in your posts that is really just a beautiful thing to have on an app like Instagram. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for existing and for being you. It is thank you. such a delight to know you and to have had this conversation. Thank you. You're the best. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Everything Belongs. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app so that others might find this podcast too. You can find the show notes and find out more about today's guests by going to madisonmorgan.com backslash podcast. And before you go, I want to tell you about Everything Belongs, the membership. For only $17 a month, join my monthly workshop gatherings that will serve as a playground and sacred circle to learn and explore a spirited life fully expressed in your worth, wholeness, and power. Members will have the opportunity to vote on podcast guests, pick workshop topics, send in questions to be answered live on the call, get a monthly journaling PDF, and members-only access to all of my coaching programs. If you're looking for a place to ground, gather, play, and explore all of the conversations shared here on Everything Belongs, then this is a space for you. For more information, go to madisonmorgan.com backslash membership. And if you're not following and chatting with me over on Instagram, please go do that now and DM me and let me know your favorite part of this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And until next time, Remember that curiosity can be a portal to a rich life where everything truly belongs. See you next time.